0: What's up everybody, my name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the
1: Scoreboard where every 25 point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on Reg? Hey, chillin' man. Like you know, every time we get a W, all's good on my end. (laughs)
0: Got a W uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Started off kind of rough, but it ended up looking like a good one. Um, What was the final score on that one? Final score ended up being 38-27. They got out to what? 14-0, 17-7 starting that game. Uh, Things turned around. Uh, Even, I mean, even with them getting out to that jump, it didn't seem like the game was out of hand uh, even at that point, but what did you take away from this game?
1: Oh, it was a very close game to me, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we break games down a lot, and I just think that, um, you know, when they got out to their biggest lead, 17-7, we still found a way to finish halftime being up by one point, 21-20. They let us back in the game, and then we took the lead. Uh, and then when you look at the second half of that game, it was a com- like a complete different game. Like the Saints was about far better than the Colts in the second half. So that was the the whole sum. I mean, we allowed 17 in the first half, but only seven on the back end of that game. And to me, that was the difference. 100%, like you say, man.
0: Came out in what, 21-20 at halftime, which uh, should have been more. <laughs> should have been more, honestly. But uh, we ended up being able to close that gap right before halftime and make it a game. Uh, coach played tough. Uh, the shocking thing for me with this game was how well they were able to run the football. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's what they want to do and what they're going to aim to do. But the <laughs> success that they were able to have with Jonathan Taylor uh, in that game, especially early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Zach mm-hmm. Moss, honorly, honestly. Honestly, yeah. Zach Moss mm-hmm. had success too running the football. Um, you're looking at, what, 12 carries and 95 yards for Jonathan Taylor 11 carries for 66 yards for Zach Moss, well over... Uh, one over six yards a carry for Jonathan Taylor, and then you right at six for Zach Moss. That's not something uh, that's normal when it comes to you know our defense to be allowing that, and that's honestly what gave them um, what gave them life early on in the game, and then him being able to hook up with Josh Downs and Michael Pittman on some big third downs uh, to keep moving the chains, uh, and then of course that beautiful. Uh, the beautiful play fake they had early on in the in the red zone uh, to score uh, what was their first was their first? yeah I think they was their first. first touchdown. Um, so Gardner Minshew looked like I mean I thought that he would have looked honestly uh, how he looks basically every weekend. He's good enough to win football games. It's just uh, what else goes on around him. Um, he got sacked what twice? Twice. I think we I think we sacked him twice. Turned him over once. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of who course, they ended up... Honey bad. Was it? Was it? I think. I'm going to check real quick. Um, but, of course, I, and we fumbled. Uh, I remember me and you were talking about it off air, we couldn't quite remember what. Derek Carr did fumble once. He
1: did? Uh, yeah. I don't remember that play at all.
0: I can't think yeah, of got Yeah, it the was a sack fumble.
1: Either. I'm trying to find it. Uh...
2: showing me, show
0: me everything but the interception who got the interception oh and paulson adebo paulson Debo. got the interception
1: oh yeah when he turned around he got his uh-huh. head back around and made the the interception on deep d-pass
0: yeah. yeah um where is your concern level now what well, the same back and yeah we're going back and forth a good bit yeah personally and just as a fan base Throughout these first eight games in the season, um, you come on coming off what was a decent win. Um, Even the Jaguars game before that was a was a hard fought when It's just a slow start that ended up, you know, turning into a hard fought battle that we ended up losing in the end. But you know, we're halfway through the season now. So where is it? Where is your concern level of uh, of for Saints football right now?
1: So that's a good question at this time because I'm gonna keep it real with you, right? Defense is not playing as great as they did when the season first started, but they were playing at a pace where we kind of knew at some point they would have to take a drop, whether it was teams figuring us out, lack of offense, keep putting them on the field, or injuries, right? We knew they couldn't keep that pace. But at this point, I'm going to keep it real, it's still play calling. It's still everything offensively. Um, I don't really have a question mark around Derek Carr like most Saints fans, because Mm -hmm. I feel like whenever he has time in the pocket, whenever people are open, for the most part, he's gonna deliver a catchable ball.
0: I saw, I saw a stat going into Sunday's game that when it came to wide open passes, I think was the set wide open passes, his uh, success or his unsuccessful rate was like four point six percent. So if somebody's open, he's hitting them. Like, mm-hmm. and and I know they were saying that
1: that was top five, basically. Well, I um, see, that can that can be kind of misleading. To me, because I would like to know what's the average yard per attempt. Because a lot of his passes are to Elvin Camara. So, well,
0: my my biggest point is if a guy's wide open, he's hitting them, regardless of if it's behind the, uh, I mean, right there to Elvin Camara, or or if it's downfield, uh yeah. he's hitting them at you know ninety six percent rate. That's that's huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but like I said, my biggest concern is play call. As long as we can draw guys up, Derek Carr's going you know, he's gonna find them for the most part. No quarterback is perfect, um, yeah. and the biggest thing is they found a way to start hitting seams. Shahid is running by folks in these in these seams. They're running a lot of cover four uh, beaters, which is a, a defense that we saw a lot of. Uh, we still have to find a way to get Chris Olave the ball. Um, At first, I wasn't too concerned about it because I just felt like teams was trying to take him away. Uh, But at this point, I feel like if you see, if you look at what the Detroit Lions are doing with um, with my St. Brown, Mm -hmm. if you see what what Tampa is doing with Mike Evans, um, they got some other ones out there. I hate to say Tyreek Hill because I just feel like he had t code at this point. But, you know, these offenses are finding ways to get their guys the ball no matter what teams are throwing out there. And when you play man coverage, I love what the Lions are doing, bro. They treat Amase Brown just like Travis Kelsey. We're not looking at nobody else. This is what we call with the football. I just feel like we have to get to that point with Chris Olave. He has to be a staple of our offense. But long as we can find a way to get him involved and continue to protect Derek Carr, I feel like we still can uh, win the division.
0: And I'm starting to sour a bit on Chris Olave, not to the point to where I'm talking about we need to trade him or anything like that. But... What we saw last year when we looked at him and was like, yeah, him and Garrett Wilson, those are the next guys. We can see them in a few years being what Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and those guys are right now. I think Chris Olave has personally taken a step back from that this year, and not because of his quarterback play or anything like that. I think it has something to do just with him uh, as a player. Um, And I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's just him not being on the same page as Derek Carr. But uh, and I I was trying I ignored it for a while when people were like man it looks like he's giving less effort and stuff like that but it does kind of seem like that way these past couple games for sure (laughs) Um, I mean that you can tell at times they do try to just force to get him involved Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes it pans out sometimes it doesn't we had a a overthrow uh, on Sunday that would have been huge for him Um, I don't know and, and. I mean i guess it's a good thing too that we don't have to solely rely on him in our offense to be like if he's not going we don't have anything it's good that michael thomas has been as consistent as he has been it's good that we getting rashid shaheed involved it's good that we got John johnson back and doing what we're doing mm-hmm. with Kamara and with taysom hill so it's good that we don't have to rely on that solely and maybe that's the thing maybe it's last year it was really crystal or nothing for the most part and that was the difference between what we were able to see from him last year and what we're seeing from him now. Um, But luckily, the lack of him being involved hasn't really hurt us, I guess, necessarily at this point. But to your credit, uh, we'll be way more successful if he's able to get involved and we're able to take (laughs) off with him in a way uh, and him establish himself,
1: once again, as the number one receiver on our team. Yeah, I definitely agree with it. I don't think he's taking a step back. I just think year two could be a, a, a little tricky for for, um, for receivers, especially young guys, especially when you throw in the fact. Sorry about that. Uh, especially when you throw in the fact uh, that he had a QB change, um, offensive coordinator change, uh, things of that, well, play calling change, I'm sorry, you know, things of that nature. That could definitely play a little bit into it. My biggest thing is, he's still finding ways to get open. It's not as consistent as it was last year, but he's still finding ways to get open. Uh, if Chris Olave catch that bomb, if he catch the ball, that hit, hits him in a helmet, he runs in for a touchdown. So we could be talking about definitely a touchdown form uh, yeah. and probably a possibility almost 100 more receiving yards to tack on to that. We're probably not even having this conversation at this point. So the opportunities are still there. He just got to start cashing in. And I was about to say, and that, and the biggest thing for me is he started
0: out the season looking good. Like, the first three, four that games, we looked at him and was like, yeah, this is same Chris Olave from last year. So, yeah. I don't know, like, what changed between those last the first four games and the last four games that we've seen. But whatever it is, hopefully they get it sorted out and, and we yeah. can
1: get him back involved.
0: Yeah. Uh, first, thing
1: I say, first thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to make it short, is, is opportunities. If you look at his his target production from the first four games, I mean, it's safe to say he was getting eight balls thrown his way at least a game, and now we're seeing situations where he's only getting one to two balls thrown his way in certain games. So I think it comes down to opportunities as well. But again, why aren't –
0: I feel like that's a – I feel like the opportunities aren't getting there because he's not getting open. I know me and you talked about that off air, how Derek Carr's not going to force it into – you know, he's right. not going to just to he's force not taking chances, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think part of that, the two-target games, is he's just not getting open. So,
1: what is it that's leading to that being the case, you know? I don't know. It's kind of, with D.C. throwing the ball 30-plus times, it's kind of hard yeah. to find a way where he's he only getting open two times a game. Like, I don't know, man. But we, we got a way to go, but we should be able to figure it out. Yeah. Um. Anything else from that game?
0: Uh, like I said, Rashisha he was definitely the biggest the biggest factor on offense, uh, being Hill. able to get the big play for him. Taysom Hill, yeah, of course, getting him involved, especially in the red zone, which, once again, that's our biggest thing, week to week, is how was our offense able to perform in the red zone. Yep. Um, and this past week, it was A-plus. I think they scored every time they hit the red zone. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's been the biggest difference in a lot of games this year for us. So yeah. that's something that we definitely got to keep up uh, going forward. Um, let's jump into. Do we want to jump into the NFL trade? Was well, there anything else in the games? I mean, what a Kirk Cousins injury—he's
1: out for the yeah. year. Torn uh, Achilles—that's right. that's, that's wild. That's so crazy, man! You come off a big win, and everybody's saying, "Oh, they could win without um, Jordan Jefferson." And man, this receiving court is better than what we thought. And now all yeah. of a sudden, it's like
0: whatever yeah the had strong uh few wins together to put themselves back in the uh, in the picture four and four record and then he changes the key leaves uh which means a lot and you know, of course for that team in the position that we're going forward to but a lot for him as well being that he's coming up in a contract here uh and having to to see what's going to be available to him <laughs> um Brady Jarrett, he lost his season i want to say uh key leaves i think too oh okay,
1: I thought it
0: was. Yeah, yeah. I'm not positive what it was, but yeah, he's he's done for the year as well. Um, I think that was the only two huge injuries from this past week. Um, Matthew Stafford. I know he had a UCL injury, but he'll probably still play. Um, all right. Yesterday was the trade deadline. Uh, a lot of anticipation going into it as it is every year. Uh. didn't really this was one of the years where it didn't really pan out you didn't have too much going on uh, i know the past few years really spoiled us with the trade yeah. deadline deals <laughs> but uh this year it really came down to what three or four big deals um the first one being Montez Sweat being traded to the chicago bears for a second round pick uh washington then also parted ways with chase young trading him to san francisco for a third round pick uh you had um, Josh Dobbs get traded from Arizona to Minnesota um, to try to help, I guess, fill that Kirk Cousins void. Uh, you had Ezra Cleveland, the guard from Minnesota, being traded that's to true. Jacksonville, um, which was a, a good trade for Jacksonville for sure. Um, what am I missing? Razul Douglas getting traded from Green oh, Bay to cool. Buffalo.
1: I love that one. I think that's probably my favorite trade. As of them all, yep. um,
0: I feel like I'm missing one. Um, Donovan People Jones got traded to the Detroit Lions, and to their receiver with that move. Um, and I want to say that was all of the trades that went down yesterday. Of course, we of course we had trades before
1: that, but um, you know, the Missouri Douglas trade—that's your favorite one from yesterday. That, that's, that's my favorite. Yep, that one and the Donovan People Jones. Detroit strengthens their strengths. Had to receive mm-hmm. a receiver step away unexpectedly. You go out and get a guy that's more than capable of stepping in that role and possibly even superseding it. Uh, Donovan People Jones also is a special teams guy, so if they get the jam there, he can return kicks and punts. And then Rasul Douglas has played unbelievable for Green Bay since they signed him. Um, Buffalo always struggled at corner. It seems even when Tre'Davious White is healthy these days, you know he's not in the same form that he once was when he was uh, kind of looked at as one of the best corners in in football. Uh, So you go get a guy that's definitely used to playing a lot of zone. That front four is gonna, uh, you know, make it pretty easy for him. You know, Buffalo has been one of the better defensive teams the last three to four years in the league. So I mean, he just have to come in and keep playing as if he's in Green Bay. But you're playing with an offense that can score. So uh, I think he's gonna fit in, you know, right well over there.
0: And Elam had been struggling. He's been a healthy scratch for I know for sure last week. I think the week before as well. So that's somebody that they were trying to place at this point, uh honestly. Um my favorite trade, I think it has to be Chase Young to San Francisco. Uh for one, just because I like Chase Young as a player. But for two, to me, it feels like the Christian McCaffrey trade all over again, just on defense now. Did I need him? No. But <laughs> he was available to go get and he's gonna help us get to where we're trying to get to this year in a huge way. Yeah, like this is a this, it's a huge uh, improvement over what we had, even though we may not have needed it. And, and so it's the rich getting richer. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, the second one is Montez went to <laughs> Chicago, and I know we, we're we going to have to sit down and just have an episode of us going over like bad franchises and the moves that they're making uh, going there's into this soft the season. And the Raiders will be there too now that they find Joshua McDaniels and their GM and their
1: offensive coordinator was- out of the blue. On a Wednesday, yeah, I was gonna say that was kind of shocking. You know, yeah, I'm not, e- I'm not even a big fan of uh, Josh McDaniels, but I was like, really, like, but yeah, I guess, you know, the, the game just went so bad this past weekend. It was like we got to do something like,
0: but to wait till Wednesday, the game. timing of it was the biggest thing yeah. for me. I feel like that if was. they would have did it, well, they played Monday, didn't they? So they did. I guess yeah. it do make yeah, that do make sense. But yeah, we're definitely going to touch on some bad teams in the direction that they're going in, but. I really did like the Montez Sweat trade. Um, I don't like either trades for Washington because now it seems like Washington's going into a full rebuild. Um, Or maybe they just didn't value the defensive imposition enough to pay those guys what they were going to be demanded. I just thought that they would have paid one of them. I didn't think they were going to pay both of them. I thought they would have paid one of them. Um, But knowing that they have De'Aaron Payne, Jonathan Allen to also take care of across that defensive line, there had to be a decision made somewhere. Absolutely. Um, I just Absolutely. figured that they were trying to draw it out as long as they could have. Yeah. Um. So to me, Washington is definitely the loser here at the yeah. trade deadline. That's, uh, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I can't wait for this to end so we can jump into this conversation. Because, like a lot of our conversations, <laughs> I see it the complete opposite way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I can't wait for that. But, uh, so, yeah, those were the deals for the trade deadline. Uh, I know Jameis Winston, uh, uh, amongst Saints fans, we were ready to give him to whoever wanted him. Uh, I don't think the Saints were ready to let him go, nor do I think anybody really came calling either, which makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. The way I feel about Jameis right now is there's a bunch of Jameises uh, to be, uh, whether they're on other rosters or free agents at this point. Um, I don't feel like he's a real upgrade over anybody that would have been called around for, even with the Josh Dobbs situation. I can see teams looking at them like they're the same, and Josh Dobbs has played seven, eight games this year, and that'd be the difference. So that yeah. didn't really shock me at all
1: uh, that Jameson ended up staying put. Um, yeah, I, I definitely thought he was going to get moved to any and Everybody like I just didn't see a situation where if anybody would have called We would have never saw it. Son, Jameson Winston packing which means he had very little interest uh, Because once again, we know we're gonna lose him at the end of the year So you yeah. might as well get something for him and to me it would have gave him a chance to kind of go get a fresh start somewhere else an opportunity to compete even if this next year even if there's more learn to play book Get familiar with the system and then next offseason you're competing even if it was a situation like that, I honestly th- think James Winston deserves it and has earned it in this league. Uh, but I'm also happy we get to keep a quarterback that I feel like can come in and win a stretch of three to four games out of five or whatever for us as well. So.
0: And I was about to say, seeing so little interest here at the trade down, line James makes me question whether he, whether he will actually not be a Saint no more after next year. Because if all he can find is backup duty across the league, it's hard for me to
1: think, that he wouldn't continue just doing it in New Orleans. Oh, He got to go somewhere. Like, it, it was I think. I think it at this point, it world. would have
0: to be a situation where yeah. it's a rookie coming in that they want to bet on, but they need a better. So kind of like going to miss you going to the coach. They knew mm-hmm. they were going to draft Anthony Richardson high, but they mm-hmm. hey, we got a better quarterback. We can figure out which one is going to be best for us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think it would have to be a situation like that, and there are going to be a few of those for sure. Yeah um so we'll definitely see as time gets closer um her cousins got hurt they traded for josh dobbs but they're going with jaron hall on sunday um desmond ritter got concussed well he had a possible concussion they didn't yeah, think, they didn't they, they they say he cleared the port- protocol he wasn't actually yeah. concussed but they took the chance to enroll with taylor heineke they already came on and said Taylor hey, the Kids, they started for this week as well. Took long enough. To get <laughs> took, took long enough. I guess yeah. it's reasonable. You give them half of a season, you know, see what it is. Desmond Ritter isn't the answer in Atlanta. Jordan Love is the answer in Green Bay. Um, Bryce Young got his first one on Sunday
1: win on Sunday, which I kind of felt was coming. I kind of yeah, I yeah. felt that one was coming against the Texas team. I didn't think it was going to happen against Texas, but I definitely felt like they were getting closer to getting that first win. I, yeah. I just did not see them beating Houston.
0: I, and I, I saw it. I saw it. Houston Houston has some flaws. Uh, and once oh, again, Carolina, well. Carolina is getting better week to week. It's not like they're out here just getting beat over the head every single yeah. week. So, um
1: and before we we push forward, Atlanta, you made a comment about Ritter uh Desmond Ritter. Yes, right. I think another thing that we got to take into co- to consideration too is Arthur Smith, bro. Like, you know, that job is just not sitting over there, you know, put in the safe and then saying you got time, don't w- don't worry. Mm-hmm. I think that has something to do with it too, because even that game, I think Taylor Honekey would have won that game if he was the starter. Yeah. Um so I think that plays a little a little factor in there as well. I think <laughs>
0: I think that if Arthur Smith was really worried about job security, he would have benched him a long time ago. I think that's why that's the re like that. W- that's what makes me think that his job is safe. I feel like if people was worried about job security because we're talking about. Seven games, we won't count this past week, we talking about seven games that were all winnable if Taylor Heineke was quarterback. <laughs> like seven, yeah. seven games that, you know, there wasn't no beat downs or anything like that. Like the game is is winnable for both teams. And Desmond Ritter is usually the difference between Atlanta winning and losing. Uh, so yeah, I feel like if if his job was in jeopardy, he would have he would have pulled the plug on Desmond Ritter a while ago. I think they just really wanted to get a big sample size on can this dude be our franchise quarterback or not. And
1: I think they finally come to the end, so no, he can't. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Second-year form, Um uh, And I think he done just as well as I thought that he would, to be honest with you. Yeah. I would even say my expectations were so low, he probably surpassed expectations yeah. for me just a little bit. Um, but it's more of still not having a identity offensively. Like, we know you want to run the ball, which is fine, but you haven't put a game plan in to – Where, when you do have to pass the ball, you have something to go to. When they're forced to pass, it looks bad. Like, it looks real bad. (laughs) But
0: I disagree. I think that's all Desmond Ritter, though. Like, when they think (laughs) I think they have a solid plan. I think we're going to run the football, but when we have to throw, this This is exactly what we're going to go to. This is how it should look. Desmond Ritter gets the ball, drives back, and everything that he got taught over the week goes out his head. And, And Taylor Heineke came in immediately on Sunday. And was hitting Kyle Pitts at, like, Kyle Pitts is in no man's land when Desmond Ridders is on the field. It's like he doesn't exist. And it was the same way last year with Mariota as well, which, once Mm, again, you can debate that they're they're the same player. You know, so Taylor Heineken came in and he started hitting receivers uh, in a way that we hadn't seen in Atlanta in over a year now. Um, So, Yeah.
1: we got to keep our eye on it because that's what i was about to yeah. bring up this year too of not being able to really like jake J- jake london if you want to give him a pass last year cool uh but to be the first receiver off the board um and not just fly off the shelf and look you know so much better than the rest of those guys and then you got kyle pitts who i mean i don't Maybe. even know what they doing over there somebody yeah. had brought up a point they had ran a play that allowed Kyle Pitts to block and tight end two to throw the ball to tight end three in the red zone. I was like, yeah, that's very interesting.
0: (laughs) I think I remember seeing that play too. I remember seeing that play because I'm like, why is Johnny Smith throwing the football And credit to him, he threw the football away. He threw it away. He's like, I ain't got nothing here. But yeah, that that was definitely (laughs) a hard thing to have going on. Um. And I'm trying to make sure we didn't miss anything news wise. Uh, we talked about the Raiders and their firing. We talked about the trade deadline. Um, I did find it interesting that San Francisco had a deal in place for, uh, who was it? Uh, Dory Jackson as well. Uh, Dory Jackson that just didn't get, uh, turned into the league on time. That, that would have been another interesting move from there. Uh, real quick, though, let's talk about Brock Purdy. What's what's going on with Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers now that they've lost three straight? It's year two. Like, I mean,
1: what, what is that uh, to really talk about? Like, I mean, I once, think...
0: uh, once again, even in year two... Even in year two, for how high people were speaking... Well, I'm not going to say how high, but the way people were speaking about Brock Purdy, you don't expect regression. I see brock purdy a little different than most people but as as what people think brock purdy is which is not great you know he's good in this system uh he's not going to turn the football over and he's going to make throws that we don't expect him to make right so but the past through games we've seen a lot of turnovers uh a lot of bad decisions uh
1: and it, and it's directly contributed to San Francisco losing games absolutely but to me once again when you say you know he he was playing at such a high level and this and that and the other I kind of view that differently I kind of see Kyle Shanahan scheme and offense playing at a high level Christian McCaffrey touching the ball 30 times whether it's a combination of running and catches Debo Samuel getting involved George Kittle popping up and having big games. Offensive line, mauling and defensive lines. Uh, San Francisco 49ers was having the best defense in football. So when you combine all those things, yes, it's easy for a quarterback. Because even when he was finishing games with 250 yards passing, I can't tell you how many times he threw three- and four-yard balls and these guys was just busting them or whatnot. Not taking anything away from Brock Purdy, just saying sometimes the stats are a little bit misleading. A lot of my
0: Well, then my question return, then, what's going on with San Francisco? Because if you're not blaming Brock Purdy for the three-game
1: skid, what is it? I think (laughs) it's a combination of them, Christian McCaffrey going down, Debo Samuel uh, going down, um, and now you're seeing the quarterback forced in a situation to where it's like, hey, we're not dependent on you to win the game, we just don't want you to lose the game. Now he has to go out here. I mean, when you see the game start, I see no different in Brock Purdy when the game first starts. I see the, the, a different version of Brock Purdy at the end of the second quarter when you look up and they're not running the ball down team's throat. When you look up and he already has 10 more attempts than he normally do in the first half of a football game, that's when I start seeing a different Brock Purdy because you get tired of the three-and-outs and, and putting your defense on the field, and now you have to be forced to kind of make plays as a quarterback, and that's when he gets in trouble, and they are bad turnovers. Like, he throw, he's not even giving his guys an opportunity to go for the ball. These balls are directly to the defense. So I don't think that this will be a trend of Brock Purdy. I think the trend is going to come from Kyle Shanahan finding ways to scheme guys open in a in a better way.
0: Yeah, and we disagree on this, which is not shocking at all. But I look mm-hmm. at Brock Purdy, and even last year, and especially this year, every game he throws balls that are interceptable, and they just end up going his way. And now that's turned. So, yeah, this definitely can be a trend because he's always throwing interceptable balls. He's just lucked out on them until now. Uh, mm-hmm. How long would that last? Who knows? You know, it could come back next week and he goes back to not turning the ball over at all because luck is on his side. But he has a <laughs> tendency to put... But the dude is a good quarterback, but he does have a tendency to put the ball in homes way from time to time. Mm-hmm. And if the defense capitalizes on it, then San Francisco is susceptible to a loss. If they don't, they're going to be hard. They're hard to beat. So yeah. I do put more on Brock Purdy than anything else in this situation. Uh, and we'll see how that how that turns out going forward, too. Do you still feel like they're the best team in the NFC?
1: Yes, because I feel like it's unfair to judge them when they're not healthy. You mean, as put, right now, with no Debo, are they the best team in football? That's what you're asking?
0: Yes. Because that's the situation right now. They don't have Debo Samuel. Uh, they're on a three-game losing streak. Are they the best yes. team? Do you still look at them and say that's the best team in the NFC right now?
1: It's kind of tough, man. They right there, bro. They, yeah, because
0: the I, 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 I was about yeah. to say,
1: because to me, it comes
0: down to what we just talked about with Bron Purdy. Uh, <laughs> like it's haven't. it's really about whether the
1: luck is on his side or against him when it comes to those without, passes. Without Debo, I would give the, the slight edge to the Eagles, the Eagles. actually. Yeah. Without Debo, simply because it's a passing lead, it's a quarterback lead. Philly has the best receivers. Philly has the best qu- the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is going to cancel each other out. Like San Francisco defense is good, but Philadelphia defense can be good as well. Um, Special teams are good on both sides and coaching is good on both sides. So I I would ride with the team that has the better quarterback in situations like this, especially knowing he also have the better receivers. Uh, but once again, if you get Debo Samuel back, then I'm right back saying, yeah, San Francisco is the team to beat. Yeah. Um, and
0: Philadelphia, I mean, they're looking better as the <laughs> season goes on, too, which is crazy because they were already looking pretty good. Um but adding Julio Jones, uh, another big body for the red zone. Allie Kevin Byard, one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, that team is. And AJ Brown, performing he performed what he just broke a record for most games with 125 yards mm-hmm. uh, in a row. So yeah, he's he playing on a different level.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, hey, I had thought about one more thing to ask you about, and I don't remember what it is. So. I guess we can move fast and start looking towards uh, this week's games, um, and of course, start with our own. We uh, we got Chicago coming down to New Orleans. This is definitely the biggest spread that we've had in our favor uh, this year. What We're is minus it? minus minus
1: eight? Minus eight. Okay.
0: Minus eight. Um, I'm gonna try not to mess up this dude's name. What it is? Tyler Beignet. Uh we'll be starting again. I know they said that even if I, I think they said just a the film they expect him to practice this week, but they just want to give him more time, which is smart. Um so Tyler Bagent will be strolling into New Orleans with uh what he has at his disposal with that offense, uh and with newly acquired defensive and Montez Sweat. Uh, and they're going to be, like I say, they're somebody to say favorites in that game. So what do you see
1: when you look at this one? A w. <laughs> uh, I think this is a game that we need. Coming off of our pound-for-pound pound best offensive performance of the year, right up there with, you know, the, the Patriots win and things of that nature, uh, I think we needed a team like Chicago um, that we could come out, continue to move the ball around, and have success. Uh, the defense, are, they got players, and the defense is not as mm-hmm. bad to me as people may think. Yeah. But when you can't do anything offensively, they put the defense in the bind. Mm-hmm. Um, so the defense is good enough to kind of test us and throw some some curveballs there. Uh, however, I just don't see their offense being able to produce anything. If they often score 17 points, I think, like, you know, I'll praise that coaching staff. You know, yeah. especially if, if they come early in the game, you know, and not late because we know for giving away cheap points at the end. But overall, I think Debra Carr has a has a good game, especially if the O-line continues to to pass protect. Elvin Kamara is going to find holes and run the ball. Taysom Hill is going to be uh, effective. Um, this is a game that I can see the Saints winning. I would probably say 30 to 20, 30-17, somewhere like that. I definitely think we can uh, find a way to put up 30 points again uh, against the Bears.
0: And I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to say 28-13. I don't think that this team should score more than 14 points against us, uh, and I don't think they will. I think uh, even more than Justin Fields being out, um, that offensive line is still not one to like That's that's the number one thing on that team that has to be fixed going forward, um, and our defensive line has played really well this year. Uh, Carl Grandison, Cam Jordan Bramesey, Whoever well, Malcolm Roach, whoever you want to name well, across that defensive line, they've been able to have a good success. And then when you look at uh, that receiving core, uh, Cole Komet, DJ Moore, the guys that you're concerned about. Uh, but once again, if your quarterback's not getting any time to find these guys, then it doesn't really matter. Um, and then it becomes, once again, you're putting that defense out there so much. That, um, it, I mean, they're gonna get worn down and they're gonna start giving up big plays and things of that nature. Um, hopefully, once again, man, our offense looked good the past two weeks, and both weeks they got off the slow starts. Uh, hopefully, we can avoid a slow start here in this game. Um, and that would allow us to open up on them pretty early and then prove to yeah. a victory. Um, so yeah, I would say twenty eight thirteen to be the score that I go with. I don't think at any point will this game feel close.
1: Yeah. And that's the way it should be. <laughs>
0: agree, um, Sunday morning, y'all yeah, gonna wake up at 8.30 and realize that you forgot that there was football going on. We got the Dolphins taking on the Chiefs in Germany.
1: Why would they put that game at 8.30 in the morning?
0: <laughs> Why? Dolphins, why why is it in Germany? I mean, I understand, because you're trying to broaden your game. You want to put a good game over there and everything. But Dolphins Chiefs, 8.30 on Sunday morning. Chiefs uh, uh, are one of the half-point favorites. Chiefs just came off a loss to Denver, uh, uh, as we all saw. And they made a huge deal out of. Dolphins coming off of uh, a victory over New England. I want, yeah, New England. Another win over New England, which was a closer game than it seemed. But... Tyreek Hill is it's ridiculous. Jalen Ramsey got a pick in his first game back. should have been a pick six. That's how I know he's not healthy. It six. would have been a pick six if he was one hundred percent healthy. He's he working his way back into it, but <laughs> this should definitely be a, a really good matchup. Um,
1: what do you have going? How do you see this one going? Second game, uh, I think Patrick Mahomes will play. Patrick Mahomes football, we will see a more conservative game from him. he has been letting it rip lately, man. Uh, but I think we see more of a conservative game, more of a numbers game uh, from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, big explosive plays from the Dolphins. Uh, the Chiefs like to play a lot of man defense. They love to send five and one safety mm-hmm. press and put pressure on uh, offenses because they believe so much in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I, I just don't see them being able to do this against the Dolphins. This Dolphins team can really uh, put up points fast, Uh, and right now the Chiefs still haven't found their groove offensively, and that's even with Travis Kelsey being back on the field. So uh, I'm gonna ride with the Dolphins on this one. Uh, I will probably go. I'm actually go 31-24 Miami. Okay, I'm looking at a similar score. I'm going to take
0: the Chiefs though. Um, A bounce back game. Um, For for certain, a healthier Patrick Mahomes. He was dealing with the flu last week as well. Um, But also, there is something to knowing your opponent. And they know Tyree Kill better than anybody else does in this NFL. Um, And I think that counts for something. Also, I think this is going to be a heavy run game for Kansas City. Uh, I think they cite that Miami's run defense is definitely their weakness. And they, I mean, every week I'm seeing more and more confidence in Pacheco. Um, and as he gets more totes, he gets more confident uh, as well. So I think they're gonna give it to Pacheco a lot. I think he's gonna have a lot of success against Miami <laughs> and be able to keep them off their offense off the field uh, more than what they would like. Uh, they're gonna be able to chew, chew a good bit of clock off between running the football with Pacheco and just picking up, for example, Travis Kelsey. because who in the world in, in Miami is gonna stop him? Um, so, I'm seeing a similar score, 31 24. I'm just going to go the opposite way. I'm going
1: to go to <laughs> Kansas City. And I see, I expect Miami to use the run uh, a little bit more this week. So, yeah, it's interesting that we see it like that. Same, same
0: but, stuff. But, just, but will they been. be successful at running the football? Is the question.
1: I <laughs> think they will because of what you just said. They know Tyreek Hill better than anybody else. And the only way you're going to stop him is keeping the safety 20 yards off the ball. And when he runs to you, you're backing up. And I mean, one guy. Light I like I like
0: Kansas City's front seven against the run
1: though. Like
0: I, I, I like their I like their front seven against
1: the run. I think you're gonna see a lot of light boxes though, see it. Like I don't I don't think you're gonna see as many DB blitzes as Kansas City normally dial up against teams. I, I like I like
0: the defensive line and the linebackers of Kansas City against a not healthy Miami front uh trying to run the football. My um, Chiefs missing a, a linebacker, too, who's out for the year. Yeah, Bolton. Uh, I, Bolton. I think Bolton broke his yeah. wrist or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, still no Toronto Armstead. Uh, still no—well, I'm not sure if that center is going to play this weekend. I'm going to have to look into that. I know he had not been playing. And that's been a, that's been bigger for them than even missing Armstead, honestly. At this point, um, with but, 2 yeah, of so, left-hand
1: quarterback. Yeah.
0: So we see, we see it again. Similar, we just see it going, you know, different way. Should be a good one though. Um, Cowboys, Eagles. Eagles are at home. Eagles are three-point favorites. We saw the monster game uh, from C. D. Lamb last Sunday, uh, coming off of their bye week. Um, this is their first time playing this year, right? Yeah, this is their first time playing this year. Um, that makes sense. Eagles home, three points. I'm still not sold on the Cowboys. I'm going to tell you now, I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, for one, once again, when you talk about who's the best team in football uh, on a week-to-week basis, they have an argument for being that so far. Um, don't I don't have comp- confidence in the Cowboys offensively. Uh, I still feel like uh, they have some things to figure out. If they don't get... Uh, the game that they got from cd lamb on sunday would that offense still have looked anywhere close to what it did probably not uh and then the question after that is will cd lamb have that type of game against the eagles probably not so it's gonna come down to Dak not turning over the football for one but then being able to connect with michael gallup and not michael stopped on the football to michael gallup brandon cooks (laughs) and jake ferguson uh, and whoever else you want to throw the football to not name Michael Gallo, will Dan Prescott be able to do so? Because once again, you're talking about a team that's top three in run defense, so running against them is going to be extremely tough. Um, and I can see the Cowboys struggling bad in this one. I'll still say, I still say they make a tough game out of it. And
1: I'm going to say Eagles 28, Cowboys 17. So I think this game would be a close first-half game. We see a situation where you can see the Eagles going into halftime 17-10 or something like that. But the second half is where I see this game getting ugly. And I got this game coming down to being a difference in turnovers. I can see Dallas turning the ball over twice, whether it's that fumbling, script, fumble, whatever. Um, But I don't see the Eagles fumbling. And I'm going to touch on a guy who I thought you were going to bring up uh, that's going to be uh, DeAndre Swift for me. I think that they run the ball by committee like the Eagles normally do, and I think they run the ball down Dallas's throat, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think this is going to be a, a huge Jalen Hurts game. Uh, I think it's going to be relying on the running backs uh, and Jalen Hurts' legs a lot. That's
0: interesting because I can definitely see Philly going into this game and saying, look, we're going to throw the football because we don't – we don't we there's yeah, well, nothing in that secondary scares us like but, and especially but. the way that aj brown is looking right now Absolutely. uh and and the rest of the weapons that's on that on that yeah. team in general i wouldn't be Absolutely. shocked if they came out uh throwing the football building that lead and then being like oh we just gonna run it the rest of the way
1: yeah the lot the Cowboys are so uh, thin at D tackle, and the Eagles are built tough at guard. So I mean, mm-hmm. when you talk about the physicality of that run, that run game, I just think they're going to have so many opportunities to exploit Dallas. It's Which is be sad because they're going,
0: they going, they're they going to they be able to exploit them through the run, through the pass. They're going to be able to exploit yeah. that defense regardless of how they yeah. choose. If they choose Jalen Hurts, we just going to let you
1: run the football, whenever you yeah, right. want to. They're going to kill them like that too. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I, I can see this being a Jalen Hurts throw the ball for 260, run the ball for 30, 40 yards or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's just going to be a time possession type game. Dallas yeah, get the, the ball. Gonna, definitely going to see probably 20, 20 carries in this Nancy's one. Yeah. And Dallas have to force it in the second half. I, I, I'll take the Eagles. I'm going to go 27-17. Okay.
0: Uh, And the last one we're going to pick here is the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, The Bengals are at home. Bengals are favored by
1: two. Uh,
0: Buffalo has been struggling lately, and the Bengals have been hitting a stride. They're finally putting uh, putting good games together, Uh, especially offensively. They came out uh, to the start of the season looking awful uh, on offense, and and they seem to be getting back to uh, getting close to back to where uh, we expect them to be as an offense. Um, them being at home is huge in this game for sure. And I know Josh Allen has, is dealing with that right shoulder injury as well. Um, but I, I honestly feel like this is one that the Bills have to win. They're 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 now in the position. What are they four and three at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: This is an interesting one. Um, and I
0: think I got to go Buffalo in this one. I like, I really like Cincinnati and how they played over the past two weeks. Uh, this past week was, who did they play this past week, Seattle? No, no we didn't they didn't play, play Seattle. Seattle.
1: Seattle played the Browns, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, the
2: Browns, the Browns that Seattle play. Ah, uh, let me see. The Bengals played. Bengals
1: played. Can't even think who the Bengals played. I remember Joe Mixon scoring a touchdown. Oh, they played San Francisco. Yeah, played yeah, San yeah, Francisco. Yeah. yeah
2: and 131
0: to 17. Um, And Buffalo played Thursday night, right? Yeah, they played against Tampa Bay and pulled that off 24-18. So yeah, both coming off of wins. Like I say, Cincinnati is is, they're hitting the stride right now, which makes me want to take them. I'm like, man, they're putting it together at the right time. They're doing it against You know, they're not doing it against Scrubs, you know, being able to to ink one out against San Francisco last week. Um, And I want to say that was off of their bye week, if I'm not mistaken. They had a bye week before that.
2: Um, I just.
0: I heard somebody say earlier today when I listened to my podcast that we got to let go of uh, thinking that Buffalo as a team is better than they actually are. And when I sat back and I thought about it, I was like, man, you, you're really right. Like, we really give." But it's one of those situations where, of course, the quarterback makes you feel more confident in the team, um, rightfully so. But when you look at them, if you take away Josh Allen, just look at the team, you're like, ah, what, you know, is it, they have a decent defense, should be pretty good, you know, but Milano is hurt. Uh, You're dealing with other injuries on the defense still. Offensively, it's Stephon Diggs or nothing at this point still, even though Dalton Kincaid is starting to come on. Um, Man, I'm going to take Cincinnati. I've talked to myself in the end of with the hot hand. I think Cincinnati, defensively and offensively, they are uh, getting better every week and they're way better where they started this season at. Trent Hendrickson is coming on. Logan Wilson is looking better week by week. Still don't really care for the secondary. Uh, but once again, Stephon Diggs is the guy you really got to worry about. If you can do anything to contain him a little bit, you're not concerned about the other guys
1: beating you. Um, yeah, I'm going to with Cincinnati in this one. Yeah, I think this is going to be the... No, we already this I think we already t- uh, went against each other on picks. Oh, uh, Miami, uh, uh, Kansas uh, yeah, City. Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, I'm okay. taking Buffalo right here. Uh, The old me would have taken the Bengals. I I got to go with what I know, and Josh Allen is going to make plays. Uh, I think the difference in this game is actually going to come down to the red zone. And I think Buffalo will score touchdowns at a higher percent than what the Bengals will, uh, simply because of Josh Allen's mobility and keeping plays alive. Um, So I will take Buffalo in this game. I will probably go 27 to 20. Uh, I do okay. think Cincinnati have their moments. but I just think once they get in the red zone, Buffalo anchor down and cause them to take three. And I see uh, Buffalo being able to score touchdowns basically whether they're in the red zone or not, just because of Josh Allen's mobility. I think that's yeah. the difference in the game. And
0: I'm going to roll with uh, Cincinnati let's say, 30 to 20. 30 to 20. I think the 30, difference 20, is there being be Josh Allen taking one of those risks that's you know, going to go against him, turning the football over late in the game that turns into Cincinnati going up two possessions instead of one and basically selling the game for him.
1: You know, Josh, Allen normally plays more conservative against the better teams. That's when he's, like, at his best.
0: (laughs) true, but just like uh, when they lost to Jacksonville, they're going to be plays where it's, let me just get the ball to my guy. And it's uh, going to be jump ball situations, and yeah. you know, it, in, the, in the Jacksonville case, it was one of the last drives of the game. He put the ball mm-hmm. up, put a good ball up. Steph Dick had a, a, a chance to come down <laughs> with it, just the defender came down with the football, and that was the mm-hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's it. That's all we got for cool. football today, for sure. Uh, the James Harden trade finally happened. Uh, Like I told you yesterday, whenever he gets traded, it's just a sigh of relief that that's over with, Uh, that I don't have to hear anything else about him wanting out of wherever he is. Um, I will say I don't think that that actually makes a difference to the Clippers like the rest of the world thinks. I saw betting favorites had Clippers jumping up into the top five when they catch to winning the
1: championship. Jesus Uh, Christ. And I definitely...
0: And I definitely disagree with that. We'll say form for the show. But,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> the Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Zubak lineup. Sounds good. There's a lot of great names in there. But uh, I definitely got to see that translate to the court before I can buy into that. Any, um, But, yeah, that's another big trade that happened. Uh, there wasn't even the NFL related that I didn't want to throw out there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's all we got for today. We got, uh, there's a lot of good games this weekend, honestly. I um, yeah. Looking at the slate, there's a lot yeah. of good games, so that's a lot of good football. NFL and college, because college football was a bad weekend, too, uh, when it came to games on the slate. But, uh, man, looking forward to another good weekend of football, uh, hopefully another win. So we can mm-hmm. sit here. Uh, what would we be a game? Would it be a game over 500 at that point. One
1: well, game over 500. So I think that would be first.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, with Atlanta. Atlanta,
1: I believe. Yeah. yeah.
0: With Atlanta, so um,
1: yeah, man. Hopefully, we can we can get a and get over 500,
0: and take control of over this division halfway through the season. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, take heed Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about ball, up Every time I do it, do it the coldest